0: and how you stack up against dozens of other heavy-duty parts businesses. Head to heavydutyconsulting.com and schedule a meeting with us today. All right, let's start this episode.
1: You're listening to the Heavy-Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is the show where you get expert advice about heavy-duty parts that keeps trucks and trailers on the road longer while lowering costs per mile. If you're trying to sell more heavy-duty parts in this digital world that we live in, then you have to contend with an ever-increasing amount of data. How do you manage the data and use it to improve the customer's buying journey? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. My guest is Chris Harrington, the president and COO of Gen Alpha. She's a returning guest. Chris was on in episode 61, episode 70 and also hosted a joint webinar with us last year. So I've got links in the show notes for all of those if you want to go back. And um, we talked a lot about the lack of transparency with data in that webinar. So you might be interested about going back and listening to that and then coming and listening to today's conversation or even if you do it vice versa, you're going to get a, a larger picture now of how important data is to the digital sales channel and how it is used to enhance the customer buying journey. So let's get Chris on the show. Chris, welcome back to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. So glad to have you here.
0: Hey, Jamie. Wonderful to be here. Uh, glad to be back on the show and welcome to 2022, right?
1: <laughs> Can't believe we are here already. I was saying to someone the other day that when I was a kid, I remember like watching Back to the Future and seeing like 2015 as a future date and thinking about that and, and thinking about the year 2000 with Y2K and You know, these were dates we thought of in the eighties and nineties. I never really thought about 2022.
0: (laughs) I know. We're getting older. I don't know what that says about us, but that's okay. Wiser. Wiser as well.
1: That's right. That's right. So let's let's get into the conversation. You know, over the the past couple of years, I've talked repeatedly about the importance of manufacturers and heavy duty parts distributors to get a digital sales channel set up. And and you and I have talked about that before. But when you start to go down that road, one of the first things you run into is the need for good quality data. And there's a real driver right now that that's causing the amount of data we have to handle to grow exponentially. So what's going on, kind of bringing us up to date?
0: I think there's a few things that are going on that, that we could talk about here for sure. The first is that, you know, the way that people buy has changed. If we think about search engines, right? You think about Google. You think about the way um, people are using marketplaces like Amazon to start a search. So, just the way that people are searching and then uh, going to find the product that they have—that's creating a demand for data and good product data. You know, the way that manufacturers and resellers are selling has changed as well. So. Again, if we think about all of the digital channels that are now available online, there are a lot more data elements that are out there just uh, to capture those search results. So buyers are buying differently, sellers are selling differently, but then there are a number of technologies that are available today as well that are creating really data points. So if I think about ERPs, CAD systems, your, your SOLIDWORKS, technical publications data, website data, you've got your e-commerce data, you've got CRM data, you've got equipment telematics. All of these, these technologies that have been out there have also been creating new data, and that's the way that people think about data today. So I, I think when you start thinking about all three of those things, that's creating this demand for data. Uh, a- as we look at the marketplace,
1: right, and, and I'm thinking about the the evolution of the internet as well. Like when you think back to the 90s and and version one of the internet, it was very uh, it was very text oriented and and it was disorganized. And then you had we moved into version two, Web 2.0, and that's when companies like Google organized the internet for us and made it easy to search. And then that we've had the rise of social media companies and we've had the rise of, of of marketplaces like Amazon so all of this has been part of this evolution and we're on the cusp right now of a transition into what they're calling web 3.0 and we now we're hearing about words like metaverse and augmented reality and virtual reality so when i just look at that progression you think back to the early days when all you needed was a blog and you could you could rank and now you need you need written content. You need high quality visuals. You need you need audio. You need video, and and then we're going to layer on top of that very quickly augmented and virtual reality. This is what's causing the explosion of data requirements on companies that want to sell.
0: That's right. They need to have all of that uh, information at their arsenal to meet that new uh, buyer's requirement for sure.
1: Let's look at it from the perspective of a parts reseller. They're buying from manufacturers. They're often in the heavy-duty parts industry, especially with trucks and trailers and and with agriculture and construction equipment. They're in a B2B relationship with most of their customers because their customers are repair shops and fleets who have their own shops, things like that. But then they also have these retail stores and they have walk-in and and you have people phoning and you have people going online and buying from your e-commerce site. So- you're really trying to walk on both sides of the line of, of being B2B as well as B2C. So what important data is necessary for a parts reseller?
0: Yeah, let's go through the list because there's a lot of uh, part data that that's necessary to be successful, but we'll we'll try to stick to the high level one. So obviously you need the manufacturer part number, right? Um, you need to know the manufacturer brand. If, if you think about like a, an SAF Holland or a Jost Fifth Wheel, right? So you might be offering two kinds as a reseller or maybe even more. So, so you need to know uh, that manufacturer brand that goes with that part number. You need to know a product description. Uh, you have to have a good image or multiple images. You need to have product specifications. You've got to have categories or uh part type, like is it engine? Is it part of the alternator? Is it lighting? You know, so those classifications are really important. You need to know where it's used. Think about where that product fits, the make, the model, the year. So that's product information. You've got to have price. Um, You've got to have product availability and lead time. Uh, You need weights and dimensions. You need your install instructions or even removal instructions And then warranty information is another piece of product data that, you know, if we're really putting a full picture together, that's critical as well. Now, back in my aftermarket days, and if I were going digital, you know, when when I actually was responsible for selling aftermarket components, I would like to know the expected life of the components. And I'd also like to know what's the installed base so that I know, the frequency of which that type of product should be turning and and how many I need to have on the shelf. So uh, that gets into a little bit more of the analytics data, but those are data elements that I, I wouldn't want to eliminate in a discussion about data as well.
1: This is like the barrier to entry with setting up a digital sales channel. So people might be feeling a little over overwhelmed when they go to tackle this project. What's one of the first barriers they run into?
0: you just nailed it on the head, right? It's complex, especially for uh, resellers who are sell- selling across multiple brands. You could be talking about hundreds of thousands of SKUs. So the barriers really initially are just that complexity and in, in recognizing that you have all of this stuff, it can start to seem very overwhelming. The other barrier is that there aren't really any standards there when we think about, you know, heavy duty parts in the trucking industry, not in the same way that there are aces and pies in the automotive industry. I know, uh, you know, companies are working toward that, but because there are no standards, what resellers get uh, from manufacturers might be limited or might be a lot. And that's something we can talk about as well.
1: Right. So, I mean, you would think the manufacturers have all this information, but in the heavy duty truck world, we're dealing with OEM. We're dealing with tier one, which has OEM and aftermarket. Then we're dealing with tier two that is just aftermarket. Oftentimes, there's a lot of different suppliers. And and why might the manufacturer not be able to provide all of the data necessary?
0: The reality is for many manufacturers, they have the data somewhere, but often it's it's still in siloed places and it hasn't been set up in a way to efficiently share it. Um, and that's just because there hasn't been in the past a sense of urgency or a need for it. So the manufacturers had the data, but they, they just didn't recognize the need for it. You know, another challenge that resellers have with manufacturers that a lot of manufacturers still want to control that data. Um, There are manufacturers that are still trying to figure out, do they want to go direct to market and control their branding? Or do they uh, want to leverage their reseller network and make all that information available to their resellers to uh, broadly distribute and, and, and get business however they can. And, and that's a decision that I think many manufacturers are, are still under. And, you know, it's it's up to resellers to push those manufacturers as well to make sure that it's clear if we're all going to win in the future that what, di- what data is needed in order to be successful and meet customers wherever they might be searching for product.
1: Yeah, and I've definitely, in in my uh, consulting work with manufacturers, the the whole subject of channel conflict between distributors and going direct, I mean, this is an ongoing real challenge for manufacturers because they're trying to make sure that they ensure their future survival and uh, put themselves in the best position to succeed. But at the same time, they're not looking to destroy all of the decades of work that has gone into building up their distribution network. So it's a, it's a real real challenge. We're going to talk about how all of this relates to the end user and the buying journey for them when we come back from our break. Don't have a heavy-duty part number and need to look up a part? Go to parts.diesellaptops.com or download the app on Apple or Android to create your free account. Looking for high-quality fuel injection for heavy-duty applications? Having one supplier for fuel injection allows you to better serve customers by providing them with a complete line, which increases your sales and profitability. Learn more at ambacinternational.com slash aftermarket. We're back from our break. And before the break, we were talking to Chris from Gen Alpha about what is causing this this exponential growth in in data requirements for both manufacturers and heavy-duty parts distributors. Chris, what mistakes do you see people making commonly, and how do we avoid that when when we're setting up that customer buying journey? You know, we think about our goal. We want to take someone who's just becoming aware of us for the first time, give them the information they need to decide to do business with us, and then become a repeat customer. That's the buying journey. But what mistakes are, are you seeing some people make when they're trying to set that up with a digital sales channel?
0: Yeah, so... I'll start at the very beginning and say that you know aftermarket customers are gravitating more toward online research and purchasing each day. So the biggest mistake that we still see is that manufacturers and resellers are relying on the old ways of doing business, right? Um, email, phone, and in-person pickup uh, they're relying on a website with a static image, phone number and address, and and that's just not going to work for buyers anymore. So we've got to shift away from that. We don't see enough effort spent on good product data. So we just talked about product data. Uh, I always say that we need to at least account for the 20% of our parts that are making up 80% of the revenue. We've got to start there. I know that some resellers can be can be dealing with hundreds of thousands of SKUs, right? So um, we have customers who have over a million SKUs. Your, your product data isn't going to be perfect for a million SKUs when you get started, but you have your high-turning inventory.
1: I, I, I'm just doing the math, Chris. I mean, 20%, that's still 200,000 part numbers. <laughs>
0: That's right. Well, again, remember it's the 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 twenty percent that makes up eighty percent of your revenue. So it could be something. Uh, it could be potentially something less than that. But you got to make sure for those products that you've got good product descriptions, that you've got your pricing in line, that you've got specifications, a high product, uh, high quality product image. Don't forget those things on those parts and then continue to build out. This is an iterative process. This is the new sales channel. So you keep making that better. Um, Another mistake we see is that companies launch without price and availability. So there's no way for customers to create a a quote or to check out. So they make the customer take a step offline if they really want to buy, and this can force users to look elsewhere. So I encourage uh, the companies that we work with To Don't just launch an informational site, launch a site where they can see price and availability and and be able to take that order. We also see that some companies will launch uh, without allowing guest users to pay with a credit card. So we found that uh, companies will set up a website, they'll allow customers to log in and pay on account, which is great. That's a great customer experience for an existing customer. But if you've found a way to attract customers to your site because they're searching something on Google and now they're making it uh, their way to your site, make sure you allow guest user access and and make sure that they can place an order with a credit card. Let's not turn those customers away And then you know the last thing that I'll mention here and mistakes that we see often is that there's a lot of disjointed systems. I talked about all these systems that are now becoming available so for those, loyal customers that are doing business with resellers, make sure that they don't have to log in one place to get vehicle information and then log in one place to get parts information. And then if they have a warranty claim, they log in someplace else. And if they're going to configure a product now, it's a whole nother system. It's all these logins and places to go for them to remember. If you can create one space or uh, one single sign-on to allow them to do all of the things that they're going to do as it relates to doing business with you, that creates that better buying experience.
1: That makes a lot of sense. I was thinking about how when I set up my Amazon account several years ago, I have not yet had to change anything with the exception of when my credit card expired, having to update that piece of, of information. So it's like I set up my account and I can just buy. That's a good customer experience. You got it. And, and one of the things I, I, I want to talk a little bit about is how important that search component is. See, like, what's the purpose of all this data? It's so that when people are on our site, they can easily find what they're looking for. And when I look at some of the statistics about how much of the search traffic on the internet has been taken away from Google by Amazon, Google still is the dominant tech search platform. And YouTube is a close second for search. But but when it comes to commodities and products, Amazon has taken a massive bite out of Google search traffic because people just go to Amazon, search the product, whether they buy from Amazon or not. If that doesn't emphasize how important search is, I don't know what would.
0: That's right. I I think I've heard 70% of searches start on Amazon. I mean, that that is phenomenal. It's a huge change in the way business is done, for sure. So
1: what's the economic impact if a parts reseller just just decides to put their head in the sand and say, hey, this is too complicated, we can't do it, what could be the end result?
0: I say this with a heavy heart because I love this industry and I love the parts business, but sadly, it's a slow death, right? It happened in retail to big names like Sears, JCPenney, Borders, uh, the same path is happening. Resellers will continue to lose market share to brands with an online presence We just talked about Amazon. Think about McMaster Car, Grainger. They are expanding their product catalog every day and each year growing business online. Uh, You know, more and more marketplaces are opening each year. The digital buyer has entered the workplace and is taking over important purchasing roles across all industries. And as more and more baby boomers are turning to retirement And, you know, those were really the employees that really appreciated the longstanding relationships and doing uh, business in person. They were typically the people that you knew by name and they knew your your parts counter person by name. They are exiting and they're exiting faster now as we see people uh, exit the workplace over the last several months. So I strongly believe there's a transformation taking place in our industry and larger Resellers will potentially buy up smaller ones. You know they'll turn those locations into distribution centers and sell their goods online. So all resellers need to find a way to differentiate themselves and do business in this digital age, for sure.
1: You've been listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host Jamie Irvin, and we've been speaking with Chris Harrington, the president and COO of Gen Alpha. To learn more about Gen Alpha, go to GenAlpha.com. Chris, thanks so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it.
0: You bet, Jamie. It was great to be here.
1: HTA Truck Pride is the heart of the independent parts and service channel. They have 750 parts stores and 450 service centers conveniently located across the U.S. and Canada. Visit heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride today to find a location near you. Again, that's heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride and let the heart of the independent service channel take care of your commercial equipment.